What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Sweet ass coffee dance, my beautiful, educational, emotional, and sensitive coffee dance. Welcome to Confidently and Scare the Podcast, where we are absolutely sure we don't know everything. And you know, I'm really excited for this episode because not only is it gonna help me, I think it's gonna help you, Confidence. Dance. We've got two amazing boss bitch, badass, intelligent TikTok queens, podcast host extraordinaires of the anxious like you podcast, which is just popping off you guys. I mean, like, congrats. I'm so excited to welcome licensed therapist, Micheline and Nadia. Woo. I said it right. (laughs) Not Nadia and not Nadia. Welcome to the pod. You guys, thank you so much for doing this. Thank Thank you. you. That was the best introduction we've ever had. Yeah. I really like to gas up my my ladies, but also you guys are just that bitch. You know what I mean? Like you guys are just that cool. <laughs> Love it. Well, thank you for making us feel that way. Oh my God. Of course. So I went on anxious like you. I was so honored. I couldn't believe it. I was, I'm like such a fan of y'all's TikTok content, but can you guys, how would you like introduce yourself to someone who's never downloaded TikTok before? Like, how would you say all your LMFT, PDQ, LMNOPs? <laughs> I don't tell people I'm a therapist outside of, <gasps> out in my real life. Oh my God. Cause they'll start asking questions. I mean, my family knows and friends know, but like, if I meet someone new, unless they ask, it's like, there was that TikTok. I don't know if you saw it with, which is like, oh, when people ask, I'm an accountant. Oh, <laughs> do you seriously say you're an accountant? No, I don't, but oh. I had to like back up and I was like, what a good idea. I should say I'm an accountant. No questions asked. I'm an accountant. <laughs> I love that. I totally just own it I like it I like people getting worried around me like is she analyzing me right now what is she thinking or just jumping into those conversations obviously I don't always do that but yeah Yeah. I'll I'll tell people and you guys are located in different places Micheline you're in Orlando shout out to Florida all my Florida people (laughs) and Nadia you're in Canada yeah I'm in Toronto beautiful city beautiful yeah and you guys met through TikTok right Yep, we did We'd love to see it. We love yeah. to see it. So how did you guys decide to start anxious like you? So it's a funny story, actually. And I think it's funny when we talk about it, because I remember wanting to start a podcast really badly. And I was too anxious naturally to do it by myself. Right. And uh-huh. I was like, I really want like a co host. I want somebody who's like, you know, like me, you know, who's talked about like similar issues that I have Mm. so that we can relate bounce off off of each other. And I had met Nadia on TikTok and we had, um, you know, uh, copied some videos of each other and like Mm. tagged each other and like had Uh chatted a little bit. And then one day is so nice. I copied her videos. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) she wouldn't even say it. I fully copied videos. That's great. Like most, like some women would be like, Oh, how dare she? But you were like, I love you and come do a podcast with me. <laughs> well, well, first of all, she gave me like proper credit anyway. It wasn't oh, like she stole my content. It is very important. Yes. yes. But um, I remember wanting to start a podcast and thinking, I really don't want to do this by myself because mm-hmm. one, accountability mm-hmm. and two, anxiety. Yes. And so I remember thinking there was like, I loved her content and loved, you know, how she just seemed like a genuinely nice person. And we have chatted a little bit. And so I have the text message. I think if I like scroll back, but I sent her like a paragraph. <gasps> oh, I felt like I was asking her out on a date. I was like, <laughs> Okay, you don't have to say yes. There's no pressure, blah, blah, blah. But I want to start a podcast. Da, da, da. And then I waited. I hit sent and I'm like, oh my God. That and then Nadia responded. So yes. and right away, I was like, yes, exact oh, same story. Thank God, you didn't leave her on red. You didn't leave her <laughs> no, waiting. That's a, that's a true friend. I love that. So yeah. excited. Yeah. And are you guys like amazed, not surprised, shocked, don't care at all about your success? Like you're booming viral success on tiktok it's 
Yeah, <laughs> <it> was, <laughs> I'm like at a loss for words. I think at the end of the year, it was like December or something. And I was like, okay, I need to take a step back and think mm. about everything that went like well this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. It still seems surreal that it's happening. So wow, because you're in it. Yeah, you're like in it right now. Like you guys are just like, oh, fuck, going more and more. Yeah, like who would have thought like therapy talk or therapy to talk would be a thing like we both are- I yeah. did I've been trying to say that for years <laughs> yeah it's crazy because like you know you post a video and if it's like mm-hmm. people resonate and then you blow up overnight which is essentially what happened to both of us and mm. it was it's like you don't know what to do with yourself so here yeah. we are <laughs> well I know Micheline we talked prior you have a private practice and uh Nadia you work in a like uh what would you call it like a private practice wellness Wellness? it's a private practice right now I have uh four other therapists working with me as well and two dietitians which which is like so awesome it's like a one-stop shop but have you guys seen your personal business like their therapist business just like take off are you like oh fuck yeah because there was was a time where I couldn't keep up with consultations yeah and I had to hire like a virtual assistant. <gasps> yeah. Congrats. That's yeah. the status you want to get to hiring a virtual EA. <laughs> Hell yeah. 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 It, it's definitely like, I, I can't complain. It's been amazing. Mm. I think TikTok, I've told everybody, I'm like, as much as TikTok pisses me off sometimes and then like makes me happy, it's like a love hate relationship. I am yep. so grateful for it totally. um, because it totally shifted lives. my career. Yeah. And yeah. I wonder, like, do either of you have a feeling about, the fact that you have like a very prestige considered traditionally like medical ish job, like in the light of, you know, modern America. And I remember like, I had a doctor friend of mine say like, Oh my God, she would never get on TikTok. It's so unprofessional. Like she won't be dancing around to like things like she's on a board. And if they ever saw that and I was like, okay, sure lady. But do you guys, you guys seem to just like not give a fuck about that. <laughs> no. I literally don't give a fuck. <laughs> I mean, if I could dance, I like no hate to people that do dance. I fully would do dancing videos Same. to incorporate. I just can't dance. Yeah. But yeah, I recorded no, the Renegade like 65 times and never posted it because I can't dance either. But like, I'm the totally, and I heard people say that. Like, I heard, I judgment at the beginning they'd be like mm-hmm. you're a therapist on tiktok and i was like yeah i'm a fucking therapist on tiktok Hell like yes why not but look at the anyone- community now yes i was yeah. gonna say anyone it's that's trying phone. to drag like breaking stigmas and opening up conversation like you're an asshole like you should go to therapy if you're right. giving shit to anybody in the mental health space that's being and i think it has something to do with the fact yeah. that you're also both like young modern women like you're totally everything to do with the fact that we're young women. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I yeah. see. At least the amount of hate based on age, yeah. gender, what I'm wearing. That, oh, yeah. Actually on TikTok, that's the most hate of what I'm wearing in my videos. What? Yeah. Wait, Ridiculous. Great. What a, what? I swear I wear turtlenecks in 90% of my videos, but the one <laughs> where I'm showing like a little bit of boob, it's like, this is so unprofessional. But God forbid a therapist have boobs. God yeah, forbid yeah. a therapist be a human, which like kind of nicely segues into what I wanted to do with you guys today, which I've prepped some like fun, saucy, juicy th- behind the scenes of being a therapist questions. And then I've also g- gathered some like what I'm just calling human questions, which I think could help all of the confidants. Um, so if you guys are ready, I don't know, like if like, I don't know, maybe you both have the same answers, different answers. And of course, since we're talking about therapy, if I ask anything, that's like, I can't fucking talk about that or say that, like you get to pull that card, like, right. You just get to be like mm, client attorney privilege or whatever it's called. <laughs> um, okay. So I'm going to start y'all with softball, let you in gently. I'm not going to just like hammer it home, but like, how do you know you like your client do you call them clients is that about patient okay so we had this conversation on a live (laughs) the other day because a a client of mine said that he would prefer to be called a participant um and I was like that is so good because 
Yeah. Because they're not clients. Cause it's like business transaction and yeah, they're not yeah. patients. Cause like, if we're looking at them from like a strength-based perspective and not yeah. like, this, like something's wrong with you that needs to be fixed, then let's call Aww. them. But anyway, participants, I was like, I'm That's adopting great. that. I'm trying to use that more often, but how do you know if you like them? Like, um, do you know, right off the bat, like, are you able to see straight through their brain holes? Cause you're like, I've been doing no. this so long. Okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, I think, I think it's like any other relationship you have to develop rapport with, with somebody. Mm. And we, we know that there's some people that you just like have an instant, just like in normal life. Like some people, mm-hmm. you just have an instant like connection, like you right. vibe right away. And there's others that may be a little bit more reserved than take some time. So mm. sometimes it just takes like one session and like, mm-hmm. you're like, yes, this is like, I can't wait to work with this person. And then sometimes it takes like two or three sessions mm. until they open up. And sometimes it's not a good fit. And that happens. Right. And well, we're going to ask happen about that often, <laughs> yeah. but when it does happen, you can sense that there's like either, either the, the client or participant doesn't feel, um, doesn't feel connected to you, aren't opening up Mm. too much. And then that's a whole conversation with that's, that's for me personally, but Mm. yeah, I agree with that. And I was speaking to Micheline about this before, and I'm not trying to sound so cliche or annoying, but the second (laughs) a client sits in my chair, all judgment is gone and it's (gasps) out of my control too. It's not even like I try to do it and not judge the person, but like, I'll, I'll judge my friends. I'll judge like past exes or people in my life. But the second someone becomes a client or participant and sits in my chair, it's just all of that. That is beautiful to hear. Like I genuinely, I think that so many people need to hear that version. And like, I know I'm always mentioning it and, um, I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, but, uh, you really should talk to someone by Lori Gottlieb was such a, unique peek behind the curtain it's about a therapist who goes to a therapist and you kind of like get to learn the meta deep dive holes of like what that's like but hearing that like you guys are human I think is every therapist's want but is every participant slash client's easiest forgotten fact of the relationship is like I see you at this time every week and you do you just operate between sessions you don't exist out in the world right (laughs) yeah we think about them all the time like I don't I think about my clients all the time like I'll be watching something and think of like oh that was a conversation with this person and this would be helpful let me send this video or let me send this song or let me this book that I'm reading might be really good for this person and so I'll like email or send a quick text like hey can you have you check this real quick it might that's help amazing you. and that's also good to hear I think people need to know that it doesn't have to just be 45 minutes once a week Mm-mm. right like well, almost goes beyond that yeah like and it, it can kind of also be whatever you want it to be where like Okay. I'm not doing the format of what I would say where I would ask you questions. Okay. Here we go. Back to therapist questions. Um, (laughs) how do you, or do you, what's the question? Do you Google your clients? No, that is so unethical. Unethical? We're not allowed. Not allowed to. You're not allowed? It creates a bias in our mind. Right. Like it's impossible not for it not to. So if we're Googling our clients and we're seeing something, that they haven't brought it up to us or that oh. we didn't know automatically it's in our head. It's it's yeah. It crosses so many lines because then if you so say tempting. something, right. Yeah. <laughs> but we can't because no. I think like, that's the fear, right. Is that you would drop any knowledge that you read or saw. Yeah. Right. Or if I have a client that's talking about a participant, sorry, that's talking about <laughs> something with their ex and then I see a picture of them and their ex together and the con and the participant's not comfortable telling me they got back with their ex but in my mind you know it's just a whole tangled web of things that should be avoided yeah, yeah. yeah. I like yeah. okay how do you get over the lying to your therapist thing okay so what do you mean by like like people lying to us or yeah because like once you develop a good relationship with a therapist and you don't want them to know you got back with that shitty toxic ex like how can you convince yourself like no this is not a person I'm trying to impress like how do you turn that off Hmm. you have to constantly remind yourself yeah it's a great question and I think (laughs) like at the end of the day I think there's always like a fear of judgment like even if it is your therapist 
And, Mm -hmm. you know, if everyone in your life has always judged you for getting back with certain people or being in certain Mm -hmm. relationships, it's only natural that that will also come up in therapy with your therapist. And especially because a lot of people really want their therapist to like them. Right. Oh, fuck. Yeah. um, (laughs) You want them to like you that I'm sure like, I mean, me as a therapist who goes to therapy, I've always wondered like, what's my therapist like me? Um, So I get that. But I think, you know, you have to take a step back sometimes and remind yourself that, I can't get help if I'm not being honest. Right. I've lied to my therapist without a doubt. I've lied to my therapist, but then I'm like, what am I going to therapy for? And obviously the lie is a reason that it's a lie. So it's something that's big, right? It's the something you actually can then work through like as an exercise. That's really (laughs) funny. Um, okay. Another question. Um, has anyone ever said anything in a session where you're just like, Oh my fucking God, holy shit. But you can't react and you feel like I didn't learn this in school. Like, I think the one people are thinking of is like someone admits they murdered someone. Right. And it's like, does that happen as often as we think? (laughs) I haven't had someone thankfully tell me that they murdered someone because I'm pretty sure I would shit myself, but (laughs) I have been in a position where I was like, what the fuck do I do now? Really? Yes. Because- you just gave me chills for some reason. Mm. That made me so yeah. anxious for you. Yeah. Because you want, like, if you truly care, like you could be like a deadbeat therapist and just be mm. there like, mm-hmm, yeah. Right. <laughs> collecting your paycheck and just whatever, or you could truly care and want to help. And I think this used to happen more often when I first became a therapist, mm. it still happens from time to time where you're like, that was a bomb that somebody dropped. And how do you deal with this? Cause I've never had this situation, not because I'm judging them or because no, I right. uh, think that it's like, Oh my God, you're so fucked up that you can't help. <laughs> but it's more of like, how am I supposed to help with this? Like, yeah, right. Yeah. Like, Same. I'm a human. And so then it's like mm. all of this anxiety does come up in sessions sometimes. And mm. Yeah. My very first moment of that was dealing with somebody who was experiencing psychosis and they're in the <gasps> middle of psychosis. And I was Ooh. not advanced enough in my career or trained in that to wow. even be working with that person, but it yeah. was like a government job. Oh, and that's when I was like, okay, what do I do? I, I how do I help this person? Right. Really hard. Psychosis yeah. is actually a pretty deep passion of mine. It's not something I personally experience, but have loved ones in my life where I've, <laughs> I, I say it as a joke because I use humor to like cope with like the fuckery of life. Right. But I remember the first time I saw real psychosis, manic psychosis, not hypomania, not like someone on drugs, like just genuine pure brain psychosis. I remember thinking to myself, oh, I thought, I thought I knew what like the worst of mental health was looking at my own experience of like panic attacks. Like I thought panic attacks were like as bad as it gets. I'm making air quotes, but then I saw psychosis and I was like, oh, I should be grateful. But then I also feel like that's a fucked up taboo line to draw in the sand where it's like, oh, well, if you're over here, at least you're not psychotic, uh, mentally ill because some psychotic people are like the best people in my life. But I can't imagine being in a professional setting, not knowing what to do. Cause like you, you go to the doctor to get help. And then like, if a doctor's like, we can't help you. You're like, where do I go next? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, how did you handle that? At that time I was a case manager. I wasn't ah. actually a therapist. Ah. So I did refer them to a therapist within our program. It was mm. for um, individuals experiencing alcohol and drug abuse and mm. use. So referred out. I had to, I mean, I was still yeah. their case manager helping connect them to resources wherever mm. they could. I wasn't yeah. their actual therapist, but yeah. Referred I mean, out. do you believe yeah. in the idea that kind of like people in psychosis have to hit a rock bottom to want to help themselves? Hmm. 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 I don't know. I don't, I haven't worked with that population enough to know Mm. with who I have worked with. It wasn't rock bottom, but they were willing to get help. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I've seen it where it's been like, oh no, I know I need like, you know, I'm someone who's sober. So I, I know that experience with alcohol. I was like, oh no, I know I'm fucked up. Like, I know I need this. But um, before I go on to the next question, how do I help my own self and maybe society stop drawing that line in the sand where we're like, every bitch has anxiety and depression and panic attacks. Like who does it? But 
schizophrenia, DID, bipolar. That is like very, like how do we get it more spectrum-y of thought rather than mm-hmm. good and bad diagnoses? I think just, you know, talking more about it and like mm-hmm. understanding more about it. I think there are lots of like, especially if you guys are on TikTok, like TikTok creators with schizophrenia and, um, and with different mental mm-hmm. health disorders, and they're not talked about enough, like DID, <laughs> dissociative identity yeah. disorder, um, which used to be called multiple personality disorder, schizophrenia, mm-hmm. you know, all of those typically stem from some sort of traumatic Trauma. experience in yeah. childhood. And, um, you know, most of the people that suffer with severe severe mental health issues are not dangerous, you know, and I know that our media likes to, you know, when fucking movies and all this stuff, it's like, oh, this person was struggling with men. And, and I think that gives it a a bad name. So I think one of the ways to like, not have that line in the sand is to see humans as humans and just say Mm. like, Hey, this is, um, this is something, this is a symptom of something Mm. and say that all the time. Yeah. It's yeah. not like, yeah. It, it, and, and it's not like they're gonna, they're dangerous or they're going right. to hurt you. So, you know, it's just like anything else. Like the more you put yourself out there and inform yourself and expose yourself to these things, the less they're going to be scary to you. Yeah. Like I said, my favorite people have kind of the more what society would deem like scarier things. And it takes like going through it once to really be like, okay, no one died. We're all okay. Like, here's what we can do next time. Make a plan. Oh, but you know, I don't know if that's words of encouragement for anyone out there or not, but, um, okay. Moving on. Uh, this was a fun one. Cause I talked to my therapist last night and I was like, what would be a good question to ask these ladies? And she was like, Hmm, she's also a young, uh, uh, lady therapist. And, uh, she said, it's always the worst when a client hits on you and you have to, like you can tell there's like a flirtation or so especially in your laughing. Like how I do have you a story. With it? tell me the stories? How do you deal with it? I had a story. Okay. So this was one of the, oh shit moment. What do I do with this? So it kind of like mixes in that question because I had a client um, who would talk about you know, which is very common, actually, like sexual fetishes and, mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. And, um, but the client was very like, sh- like had a lot of shame in turn mm. internally because of that. So um, at one point, they hit on me and they said, well, you're extremely attractive and sexy. Oh, and um, at that moment, gulp. I kept my, th- I had to keep my therapist face. Oh. And I was just like, and, and, and I remember like I just like kept letting them say whatever they needed to get out and then I was like internally like oh shit what the fuck do I do what, what yeah. is there a chapter about this like what do I do like I've never thought I would encounter this what do I do what do-? and I'm like remember what they taught you when you don't know what to say just like ask questions or reflect and so like I kind of like I don't know how I maneuvered my way out of that one yeah. but then I got my supervisor like I had a supervisor at the time and I was like this is what happened what the fuck do I do with yeah. this And so she was like, it happens. Like you're a young woman, it's going to happen. And, um, you know, as long as they're not like continuously doing right, have that boundary conversation and it never happened again. Like we got past it in the session. You didn't give them what they maybe were fishing for so they knew. Okay. Yeah. And if I felt like it was getting there and if it was like, you know, interfering with treatment, then I would have to refer out. Right. But it, since it wasn't, and it was that one-time thing, and I think this person just felt like like they needed to get it off their chest, right? And so they did. And so you were like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I love that you like were like, oh, thank you. I would have been like, oh my god, me stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just, like, freaking out inside. I was like, oh, what am I supposed to do in this? This is not like. Oh trained for for my internship yeah <laughs> right oh my god um, about you Nadia no like not similar experience in that it's never happened to me actually <sighs> I know yeah most of my clients That's are good. yeah young women yeah. I was gonna say I'm like surrounded by young women everywhere <laughs> in my life and so I rarely get like negative comments that I have to delete like people are like how do you do the online hate? I'm like I don't know my audience is amazing. They don't fucking fuck with yeah. me. They hold yeah. me accountable, but like, 
I'm okay with that. (laughs) My therapist last night was saying uh, something about how she could like pull rank because she was also in the military. So she would always just be like, that would be inappropriate or whatever, you know, like she could blame it on something else, which I feel like you could probably do that too. Right. With you, what you guys do, you could be like, it would be inappropriate as a doctor participant relationship. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Very funny. Um, oh, I thought this was an interesting one because I got a little bit of a gripe with these uh, young uh, therapists in training that I've run into in my experience. I've been in therapy for a very long time. That's when my hair looks like the way it does. <laughs> but I had a, a like a center I was going to where, you know, the main psychiatrist you see once a month and you go see the psychologist and then you see these therapists and sometimes they had to like switch them out for the therapist in training. And two times I had a therapist in training fall asleep on me and one time I had a therapist actually I could see through the lobby in his office just passed out on his chair and there was no one else in the office and I was like I'm here for my appointment like do y'all be sleeping between appointments are you guys napping what the fuck okay hold on hold on on. (laughs) I must say I nap between clients sometimes okay human clients mm-hmm. but if a therapist falls asleep on you they're exhausted I, right by fire but, oh yeah fully still dead. that's your position that's your job that's is tired other people are tired that's why <laughs> that's not a reason yeah. that's not okay yeah it only took yeah. three times in my baby like early 20s young journey of like not being able to speak up for myself to be like oh this is not good and appropriate and you guys should probably work on your workload if you're falling asleep yeah I had to imagine they were college students like just exhausted like well just so you know like the internship for becoming a therapist like when you're in graduate school is not a fucking joke yeah it's like you don't get paid and you're working you usually have to do like 30 hours a week so people have a job on the side so I remember working like 70 hours a week trying to get through college so that I could have my hours that I needed in order to graduate so I could see why but it's not an excuse sure it's like hello are yeah. you listening to me? Like if your therapist is snoring, like that's- I know I'm like, bitch, I'm entertaining. I got drama in my life. Maybe not to you as like a young male, but I think I'm fine. Oh, how, <laughs> how did they fall asleep on you? Like, would you look up and they were snoring? Well, like I could see his eyes like rolling into the back of his head. And like, he was using the headrest, like very graciously, like as a pillow. And I just remember being like, oh, he's going to, and you know how sometimes they say silence is like, okay to work through silence yeah. in the therapy room which I still fucking hate because silence anywhere in life is very hard for me to stand because of my anxiety but in that moment I was like I'm gonna let him sleep <laughs> was I was like out of people pleasy or was it like- yes I was like this poor young person is probably very tired and like it didn't come That's, off yeah. as bored it came off as like exhaustion like he didn't look well it's yeah. nice that you had that mindset, but that can actually <laughs> be like potentially dangerous for a yes. client who's already feeling maybe unheard, low self-esteem, mm. depression, whatever they're experiencing to have their therapist mm. fall asleep can, yeah. can be triggering. Yeah. Well, so, you know, the caveat to that question was like, what are some tips and tricks they teach you in school? Cause I've heard about like kind of scrunching your toes up can help like ground you and wake you back up. But what are some tips and tricks that we don't know that y'all do to stay awake? Or paying attention. <laughs> I'm just thinking. I didn't have that class. Like <laughs> I was thinking the exact same thing. I was never taught how to stay awake. It was kind of just. Uh... It's like you better fucking stay awake. <laughs> like, like do you, do you ask the surgeons, like, hey, do they teach surgeons how to stay awake while they're going through heart surgery? Like, uh, no, no, they're okay, all just wait. doing cocaine. I can attest to a lot of my surgeons. Oh, friends. <laughs> well, That's Los Angeles, though. Oh my goodness. No, I hadn't, I don't know. I, I I've think never... if you are working for the government or you're working for like a nonprofit and they are giving you like 12 clients a day, sometimes eight mm. clients a day, mm. then that's a different story because Ooh. you're being overworked, underpaid, and it's not yes. fair at all. And that happens a lot. One of yes. our like mutual therapist friends from TikTok was telling us that she would see like eight clients a day. And that's <sighs> Plus note-taking. She's probably working right. like nine, 10 hours a day doing that. And it's what's just- normal amount of, of clients per day. Like what's a good, healthy amount. 
where you're like successful like and like no more than five. I would say mm. like four or five. I personally burn out at more mm. than four a day. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it, I mean, it also depends on your specialty too. Like for me, I see people with complex PTSD, complex childhood mm. trauma. So mm. I can't like, there's a lot of heaviness there. Mm-hmm. And so for me to see somebody, you know, with that. Oh, is your Alexa listening to us? How? Alexa told Spooky. me somebody was at the front door. Sorry. <gasps> is, is everything okay? Were you expecting a visitor? No, no, I'm not expecting a visitor. It's probably some delivery. I'm like, just drop okay. it off. Like you don't have to. Yeah. The For some reason, the first thing in my mind I thought of was maybe someone was sending you a pizza. And I don't know why that would have happened. I would really enjoy a pizza. Uh, let me get your address, girl. I'll send you a pizza. <laughs> you deserve it. You see five clients a day. We need more women yeah. like y'all. Shit. But yeah, but yeah, as I was saying, like, if it's like intense stuff, like psychosis mm-hmm. or, you know, then mm-hmm. it's it's not easy. If even like somebody with anxiety, like it's a lot to, to deal with. If you're mm-hmm. dealing with like relationship problems. And, sure. Like, you're like, like who doesn't? <laughs> yeah, like exactly. And that's not as that's not as intense. So maybe you right. can see a little bit more. But personally, I'm like, there was a time I saw like six, seven clients a day and I was dead. Yeah. Oh God. I and feel that's... like I'm always doing damage control, but also if you're a client, it's not your responsibility that we get tired. No. Like if, no, that's if you amazing. right, like if you're listening and you're like, oh my God, do I make my is this heavy stuff that I tell my therapist? Because uh, I get that question a lot. It's not on you. This is our oh, profession. Yeah. We know what our right. max is. Mm-hmm. We know what we yep. can handle. And, well, and that's like you- exactly. Yeah, no, yeah, that's exactly why I see why I don't see more because I'm like, right. I never want to make a, a client feel like they're yeah. not 100% a priority for me. And right. so if they're coming in and they're feeling my exhaustion, Oof. causing damage. Right. Well, I was going to say, not with that light, honey, your camera's making you guys look like glow from the inside out. I told you it's like celebrity superstar <laughs> camera vision over here. I'm like, man, I should have put on some concealer to talk to you motherfucking pretty bitches. Um, no, but I think you bring up a really good point. Like what, you know, it's not damage control. It's great for people to hear this stuff. I think like I have to imagine there's nothing you, you probably anticipate the things you're talking about are heavy to handle when it's like, no, you guys are literally therapists who help people through the most intense and, and Micheline, I know in your TikTok profile, it's like trauma informed, which I think is really amazing that you put that because I don't know that people even know what that means. So can you tell me just like briefly what that entails of being like a trauma informed Yeah. So trauma informed pretty much means that you've had training and, you know, you understand like how trauma impacts people. So one of the things, and I, I always like have to like preface this because one of the most popular types of therapy that we have out there is called cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT. Mm-hmm. And there is trauma informed version. I'm making air quotes, yeah. uh, trauma informed version of that, but it's, in my opinion, it's, it's not very trauma informed. So what trauma informed pretty much means is that you understand Um, how the impact of childhood experiences and every experience, even in adulthood Mm -hmm. impacts uh, not only your thought process, but your body, your nervous system, Mm. and how that sometimes means it's manifesting as a disorder, but that it's, it's not necessarily a maladaptive, uh, response. So if you're having uh, constant, like catastrophizing thoughts, what CBT would say, Hey, this is a maladaptive thought process, a trauma informed perspective would say that was an adaptive response for a very long time. That's no longer helpful. Mm, it feels so, a little bit more like of the times as we continue to understand the mind body connection. Yeah. I learned a lot of that shit from you bitches. I'd be like, oh my God, that's why my back hurts. <laughs> I'm kidding, but like kind of not, right? Like, does it feel more progressive? Yeah, it just, um, there's a lot of more research coming out and like different types of approaches and mm. uh, trauma-informed perspective really backs away a little bit on diagnosis and really mm. focuses on, um, you know, the, again, the adaptive responses that manifest as what we call diagnosis. Right. So um, it's less, beautiful. yeah, it's, it's less about, hey, what do you have? And more yes. about like, what led you to be here and how can you work through it to reverse and process the past queen snap snap snaps because (laughs) I cannot tell you the amount of time I get asked all the time like what what's your diagnosis like what you know you're coming to talk about your book or whatever like how um you guys never sent me your address by the way I need your address so I can send you a book side note um see my ADHD brain uh but like 
the fact that some people get a diagnosis and it becomes their identity, it becomes all encompassing. And I used to kind of shit on like IOP or like treatment centers that I worked with that, uh, would say like, we, we don't really give diagnoses. We're like here to kind of treat what caused it. And I'd be like, yeah, but then people are up in the air and some people need more complex, like understanding of what is chemically happening in their brain, but that's not with a name. That's not with a tabooed, like, label that society deems unhirable or unmanageable or unrealistic. Right. right? And don't get me wrong. Like sometimes like, yeah, I do diagnose and and I Mm. do give people because I think it also depends a lot on the person. Like Mm -hmm. there's, there's sometimes where a diagnosis will give you a starting point. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to say, no, I don't, I diagnose people in my practice, you know, and it's just about more, what I tell them is this is how your trauma is manifesting. So like, Mm. this is your, if you have generalized anxiety or social anxiety or depression or whatever, it's like, this is, this is where your symptoms fall. So in the booklet mm-hmm. here in my notes, I'm putting down generalized anxiety disorder, because this will give you an idea of what you're dealing with. And it'll give me a starting point in terms of like what we have to handle in terms of symptoms. Well, that verbiage is so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's empowering. In my opinion, that that's really empowering. Um, right. Especially when, like, if you're somebody who has like a list of like 10 diagnoses, I would say go <laughs> see a, a trauma informed therapist. Oh, because yeah. Um, usually wow. like if you have like more than like two or three, I would say, you know, something else is happening there underneath mm. the surface that's like led to all of that. Yeah. Um, so it's just a good idea to always, you know, do it. And, and people don't know what trauma is. Like a, no. a lot of people think trauma is like this huge, like car accident. You have to have been at a car crash <laughs> yeah. or, or like whatever, right. but it's like, okay. Having emotionally neglectful parents and having, mm. you know, or, or feeling being bullied or oh. little things that like we call little, I'm not going to say they're little, but, oh, um, but what people would consider little, like it's not a big deal. I should be over that by now. And that all adds up right. to become this huge, like, yeah, thing that causes symptoms. And that's what's missing in our education and in our DSM and in yep. pretty much everywhere like yeah. that. Yes. And yeah, trauma-informed is progressive, but because there's not enough research out there, even promoting it is almost scary yes. because of yes. the evidence-based mm-hmm. professionals and like no hate to them. I agree. It's science coming right. out and saying like, you can't be promoting this because there's not enough research or evidence on it being sure. in practice and seeing it every single day and knowing like, this is really what's happening. It, right. It's a fine line. It's a double-edged sword. It's like, you can't like do it without having it. You can't have it without doing it. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, but I am grateful that like, this is what the generation below me will have as I'm like pointing to your squares in case, I don't know where I am in your squares, but <laughs> I was pointing at you <laughs> of just like, that makes me feel so fulfilled. Cause I think the verbiage is so important. Like I said, you know, uh, talking about like psychosis, I heard people start calling, referring it to spiritual emergencies. And at first I was like, Oh fuck off. And then I was like, but wait a second, there's something to that. Like, there's a knowledge that that could be caused by something rather than psychosis just sounds so scary and like drug induced or like your brain is broken and it's going to keep happening. And it's like, we don't fucking know. We don't have enough. We don't know. There's not enough studies about that stuff. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, yeah, the studying part, I, what Nadia and like what you're mentioning, like that research and the, I mean, there's one book and I'm, maybe you've read it. I don't know, but like the body keeps the score. Love it. One of my favorite books. And, and there's like the, the author talks about how the there's, they don't fund research that, you know, <sighs> talks about things like this because it's yeah be, well it's not I necessarily it. because it's anti-pharma <laughs> because like medicine is necessary right. really and it, yeah. like he yeah. goes into that in the book but mm-hmm. but it it does shift things a little bit and you know and I think yeah that book is is eye-opening in terms of you know all of the trauma talk we talk about and on our TikTok pages but it's just it's just it's just a different you know eventually i think it'll it'll shift as more people start understanding it and more research comes out right. um but right now like nadia said yeah it is like a fine line you have to be careful because mm-hmm. you know when there's not enough information out there people think that you're taking something away from them and it's not like that at all it's not like mm. anyone wants to take away your diagnosis or something that mm, right. made you feel like you're a part of a group or your med- medicine to deal with your mental sure. health 
that's always going to be around, but it's yeah. more about putting into perspective. Like we could have the gene for diabetes, but it doesn't have to manifest. We could have the right. gene for anxiety, but it doesn't have to manifest. So where's the trigger? Mm -hmm. And so that's really the yeah. perspective that I try to bring into, um, it just, changes it just yeah. changes everything it just changes yeah. the way you see yourself as you know broken not broken I got way off my questions because it was so beautifully said by what you guys were talking about but I think before we switch over to just a couple of the uh human ones I have like a funny little silly one of like what are common things patients do that annoy the shit out of y'all like does us messaging you in the middle of the night is like cut that shit out like <laughs> talking on and on and on and never taking a break. Cause that's my guilty like pleasure is I just fucking talk sometimes. I'm like, Oh my God, I forgot. There's a person here who has like way more advice and perspective. <laughs> Ooh, good question. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to reframe that. And I'm going to say, okay, not, I love that. Not, not annoy. Um, no, but boundaries are important. Mm, there she is. So I think like, not that we get annoyed. Like if somebody's in crisis and they need to text us, Mm -hmm. I know if you talk a lot, my thought process in there is they probably have not been heard in their lifetime mm -hmm. by people. And so like, just kind of allowing space for that or like, right. you know, bringing that into session, being like, Hey, I noticed that you're doing that, but no, I don't get annoyed. I don't get annoyed. What annoys me actually. The one thing that does annoy <laughs> me is being ghosted. <gasps> I don't like being ghosted. Are you talking about like being broken up with, but instead of actually being broken up with as a therapist, they just ghost you? Just ghost you. And I haven't had that happen in a very long time. It used to happen more when I worked at the agency rather than mm. like my private practice. But right. when it happened back then, I would like I'd lose sleep over it thinking <gasps> that I was not a good enough therapist and that they didn't like me. So they left. And so like, I hate being ghosted. Just like, tell me you're leaving me. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. For me, I had somebody when I first started my private practice, just be like, are you old enough? Oh. Why'd you book a session with me then? <laughs> like, Jesus. Yeah. And then said it again in email after the session. Oh, fucking fun. Christ. Yeah. That was, that's like a, but that's gotta be looked at as like a fun exercise for you. Cause you have to be like, okay, as a therapist, how should I approach this? <laughs> yeah. Like, ego death number one. It's them, not me. Like I have to assume there's a process you go through to dealing with like kind of more obnoxious behavior or reframing it as stepping over boundaries behavior. But, um, yeah. <laughs> one of the human questions, um, that I was going to ask was, uh, da, 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 da. Oh yeah. So like moving away from these like kind of juicy questions and confidants, I hope, um, you enjoyed that. And I think I was supposed to throw it an ad like tw to, to an ad like 20 minutes ago. So now we're going to go to an ad confidants. Y'all know, I believe in products that make you feel good, which is why I'm telling you about care of baby care of is high quality vitamins formulated with feel good for you clean ingredients that are backed by science because we believe in science baby and care of makes it super easy with personalized subscriptions delivered straight to your door each month contact free so you never have to worry about running out i keep my care of vitamins in my desk drawer i take them with my daily crazy head pills and my vagina health pills and the care of now has an app that allows you to track your routine first you just got to take care of in-depth online quiz which asks you questions about your diet and lifestyle health concerns like for me i wanted to manage my chronic pain and obviously my anxiety and doing this quiz is like getting a holistic one-on-one -on -one consultation without having to leave your house so spring get it because it's almost spring into a healthy mindset and lifestyle begin to focus on your health as we make our way out of that winter i've been nation baby we there's no more and into warmer weather like the spring little chickens that we are for 50 percent off your first care of order go to takecareof.com and enter code confident 50 that's right for 50 that's half off your first care of order go to takecareof.com and enter code confident 50. Now I know what you're thinking, Kelsey, when did you become obsessed with 
cowboy boots. Well, did you forget that I was raised in Florida? Are you forgetting I'm a little country girl by heart? I even wore my Tacovas recently when I went on a ski trip with my family to Colorado. I wore my white Tacovas when I went to the Taylor Swift concert. And if you didn't think you would need cowboy boots anytime soon, uh, might I remind you that Beyonce just dropped her little country album and you're gonna need some Tacovas. Tacovas is my favorite boot brand and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. And Tacova's is Western to their core, offering a bunch of other head-to-toe Western staples, trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it, and they'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to one of their stores, Tacova's delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Confidant, sober girlies, are you looking to cut back or cut out alcohol this year? Come on, join me and Zach on our sober journeys. Recess Zero Proof craft mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. We've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like a lime margarita and a grapefruit paloma, so you can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. That's right, zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% off the recess mocktail sampler at takearecess.com slash Kelsey. Each can is lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like so many stress balancing adaptogens made with real fruit and only 25 calories or less. It's a guilt-free way to unwind. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make recess mocktails your drink between drinks or like me, your forever mocktail. I am so obsessed with the ginger lime mule and also the grapefruit paloma for spring. It's my favorite go-to weekend drink. Get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash Kelsey so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. And we're back from that ad. Wow, that was such an incredible ad. Um, but I did want to ask like just a few kind of overarching general questions that might help our confidants because I do think they are kind of things that a lot of people are dealing with right now. Um, but I I did I did want to like circle back really quickly though about the like breaking up with a therapist because how do you break up with a therapist? Because I always used to blame my insurance. <laughs> I would always just be no, like, I can't fine. afford it. <laughs> I personally don't care what it is mm-hmm. as long as like you just tell me. Um, right. I, I feel like I feel like there it's really cool if you're like that, and I don't think this happens often mm. at all. But like if you're like I don't think we're a good fit, or I don't feel like I'm making enough ah. progress, because as a therapist, I would like to know that so that I know that I have to shift something within my practice <laughs> if I'm not helping you. But um, when you ghost, you don't know. But I right. never ever. I mean as a therapist, I have ghosted many therapists. So I am like, you're getting off my high horse for a second. No, but you see the things in people you hate about yourself. That's what they say, right? It's like, ah, this motherfucker did it because I do it. Exactly. I think I've ghosted like three therapists and I get why I get why. Yeah. Do you have like a preferred way of being broken up with? Like, is there an answer that makes you feel okay? Yeah. I like, even if it's a text, like, Hey, I'm going to have to cancel my sessions from now on. I'll call you when I need you. Or I found another therapist. Uh-huh. Like, I don't care what it is. Mm-hmm. As long as I know you're not coming back because one, I can remove, uh, I can close out the file right. and I can have that. I know that I have that opening and I don't have to keep saving it for instance. Right. So, um, it's I like paperwork what- stuff. <laughs> And, yeah. and it's like processing too. Like mm. it's sad. I don't know about you, but like for me, I get sad when my clients leave me because like I said, I really like my clients. Right. Oh, my clients. And so like when they leave, like I've had times where I've cried when they've <gasps> left. That's so sweet. If every fucking therapist doesn't cry when I leave now, I'm fucking fuming. <laughs> but I think that's such a good point that you really like your clients because so many times after a session, I'm like, oh, I just want to be their friend. Like, oh, I wish we could just like go for coffee. 
I know. Well, with both of you, I'm like, I like you both so much. I could never be a client because I want to be a friend and I don't want to have to choose. (laughs) We struggle with that too. Yeah. Yeah. I have a couple of clients that I'm like, man, that would be a really cool conversation to have over like, Uh, or I have clients where I'm like, you and you would be such good friends. Yes. I wish I could make you stop. That's the tea. That's the stuff we want to hear. Like, should you be a matchmaker? (laughs) You can't be. It's confidentiality. I wish. Yeah. Yeah. There's in that book that I keep bringing up though, you should really talk to someone. There's like a story that you find. It's like a kind of a climactic reveal where you find out about this crossover of patients and you just see it coming from a mile away. You're like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. Had that happen to you where you're like, oh my God, I know who they're talking about or like, or I don't know. Something where so my day, not my very first, but when I was working in a clinic like early on, we're not allowed conflict of interest is seeing two people who know each other, friends, family. After like three sessions, I realized I was seeing a married couple. Oh, but different as sub- they as never singles? mentioned it. Yeah, oh, they never mentioned that their shit. wife came to me or their husband. I had to call my college right away and I was like, what do I do? Because I just realized right now that they're married. I had no idea. Different last names. Uh, like everything different. The clinic didn't know it was like a medical clinic. So I had to keep the one that had seniority. That's that start had the first appointment with me and I had to let go of the other one. Yeah. But that was the most. How did, what, what was it that like connected it for you? They both told me about an upcoming trip. Oh! And I was like, and it was a very specific thing that they were doing. And in the middle of a session, I was like, holy shit. This oh! is partner. And you had yeah. your therapist face on just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and I then at the end that. of the session right away I called the call like my college and I was like what do I do and oh do. I always tell my partner if we ever break up I'm keeping our couples therapist like I love her so much I'm like I get it I claim her she's mine, she's mine. <laughs> um well shit we've been talking for an hour I didn't get to get to like any human questions but that's just because you guys are so great and jazzy and you're just gonna have to come back or we'll have to do a live maybe and like yeah. answer a bunch of fan questions because we did have some good stuff just about like the panorama happening and you know like how to emotionally balance all of these like mass shootings and like really heavy stuff that I do think like everyone needs to kind of hear from a professional about how to deal with but yeah. you guys are just so lovely will you please just plug 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 where everyone can find you all your stuff i want everyone to go follow you right now sure um on instagram and tiktok and youtube i'm micheline dot maloof um and twitter i don't use that so don't worry about it <laughs> it's a toxic um, place don't go but that's yeah, it yeah <laughs> love that i am evolving bloom on everything i love evolve and bloom like the flower did you just have like flowers all over your office and shit yeah, everywhere. Love it. And like <laughs> events, you already have a theme. Like, that's great for you. Good job, branding. Good job, branding. <laughs> and then also listen to Anxious Like You. Cause that oh, yeah. Podcast, like, what the hell? Like, this is our I'm sorry. <laughs> listen to our podcast, Anxious Like You, anywhere you stream. That's like the newest venture. So like, right. You got to get used to putting it on, on your podcast right now. Yeah. So well, you yeah. two separately are so fantastic. Like, together, it's just even better. Like, I, I can't think of a more fun scenario of getting advice from like, too intelligent, trauma-informed, fun. And now viral, bitch! Fucking therapist! I love that for you guys. But promise you'll come back or we'll do a live or something fun. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much. Awesome, guys. Love it. It was so fantastic to have you guys. Confidants, don't forget to go rate this five stars. You'll find all of their info linked below. If you're going to rate it less than five stars, though, don't rate it at all because I'm very sensitive. And we will see you next week. Bye, confidants! What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. 
head to hero.co to shop today.